Hey, everybody. Just wanted to remind you, if you would, take a moment and go to your favorite podcast destination and leave us a nice review, if you would. Uh, Also, don't forget to rate us if you get a chance. Uh, That would really, really help us out a whole lot here. And, uh, you know, maybe we could earn some money off this thing every now and then. Thanks a lot, guys. Welcome in, boys and girls. Another fine episode, uh, at least I assume it will be, of your uh, your favorite uh, Alabama political podcast, Alabama Politics This Week, with Josh Moon. And, and the ever-optimistic David Person, because I also assume the best. Yeah. I, what, I, what I'm really hoping for, what, what leaves me with question is whether or not we've used all of our good material in the pre-show discussion that has taken place. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You, you, you. Uh, that was a good call on your part because we were getting into a deep conversation, and then all yeah, of a sudden, it was like, "Wait a minute, wait, what? What? How the hell do we do this on the podcast? It's like if only we had a podcast where we could have this interesting discussion, you know? Right? I'm just sitting there chit chatting away. Yeah, just talking uh, like but, talking like some guys over coffee or beer or something, you know? We. Yeah, I know. I mean, like should. giving out facts and all sorts of things, you know? It's like it was like a regular. Hell, it's better than most of our discussions on the actual podcast. <laughs> Uh, uh, but uh, we're, uh, uh, we're, we've got a pretty good one. Uh, Representative Prince Chestnut is going to join us mm-hmm. in, in a little while, and uh, and then we we're going to discuss the happenings of the week, which I think that you could probably imagine uh, will will center around uh, the verdicts this week in the Derek Chauvin trial uh, in Minneapolis, and um, uh, you know, kind of the I don't say fallout, but the resulting. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It, it was almost uh, the resulting relief, um, uh, you know, size of relief uh, from the from, from the country uh, as a collective. Uh, it just um, it's been a weird few days uh, since uh, since those verdicts were read. Uh, you know, I, I know the right wing nuts have uh, they didn't have anything. There was no you know, there were no riots quote unquote. And so, uh, you know, I think they've turned their attention to LeBron and, uh, and, you know, they're trying to kill him now, but, um, but, you know, so across the country, I think, you know, I I think there are a lot of people that look at it and and just said, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. That's, that's what should have happened. Uh, and, and for, I think a, a large, uh, a large community in this country, they went, well, it's about damn time. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, and, um, you know, so I, that was my thought. I mean, obviously, you know, the, you know, where I stand, I mean, I think he, uh, I, I'm surprised that the verdicts were, were guilty on all three counts, to be honest. I thought he was, it was going to be a lesser charge like we normally see in some of these cases, but, uh, I felt like it was the right thing. I felt he, uh, he certainly killed George Floyd because of a disregard of his life, uh, did not care that the man was screaming for his life and telling him he couldn't breathe. That's and right. he just continued to sit there for, on his neck for, for nine minutes. And, um, 
you know, and other police officers looked around and at, around the country and said, you know, this is not right. What, what took place there? The bystanders who were there were, were screaming and yelling, you're killing the man. Uh, you, you know, get off of his, get off of him, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, it, it, and we're to the point of they were almost willing to risk their own lives to go out and try to get the cop off of him, which I, I said before, this has got to carry some weight if you're on that jury yeah. to watch these bystanders say, Hey, man, what the hell are you doing? That's not right. Mm-hmm. And, and, to, and to see the cops continue with it. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, finally, um, I, I think a lot of people would say uh, maybe maybe not justice was completely done here, but at least some form of justice wa- was meted out to the to the person who deserved it. Well, in, in terms of this specific case, I think justice was done, you know, but because he needed to be convicted. Now, of course, he still has to be sentenced. And so we need to see what is that going to entail? Uh, you know, is he going to be given uh, a sentence that is commiserate with the with the horrific act? And and, you know, that remains to be seen because the judge has some leeway, some give on what the judge can do. But having said that, I think we should acknowledge that the heroes in this particular case are um, Darnella Frazier and the others who videotaped this incident. Mm-hmm. And the police, the law enforcement officers who took the stand breaching the blue wall to say that was wrong. Yeah. What what was done that this man was wrong and it was out of any reasonable application of police policy. Mm-hmm. So they are the ones, I think, who ultimately turned this uh, for, uh, you know, in the direction of justice. Uh, otherwise, well, we know without the bystanders videotaping Darnella Frazier and the others that without their without d- them doing what they had done, we wouldn't even be talking about this. We wouldn't oh, be talking absolutely about not. It. I mean, you, you saw the, the the statement from uh, from Minneapolis police about what took place there. Yeah. 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 It uh, was a lie and a cover up from the beginning. Absolutely, you know, it was. It was a hundred percent a lie and a cover up. Yeah. I mean, it was. I'm trying to find the actual statement. Uh, uh, the the statement from uh, from police that night yeah. was uh, the head the heading of it was man dies after medical incident during police interaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what that's the that's the official response from them. That's right. what, and they, and they went through to to basically blame this on a, a medical incident, um, you know, that occurred uh, with with Mr. Floyd and and I, you know, I. I get there was a medical incident. I mean, there was murder uh, yeah. that, that caused his, uh, his him, <laughs> yeah. him to die. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, you know, it was it was very preventable. He it's like those it's like the people that that continued to claim that COVID was uh, was not really the cause of death for uh, for a lot of mm-hmm. people because they had pre existing conditions. And you know, and uh, uh, it was a nurse that said, "Listen, I've got asthma. That's a pre existing condition. I can run a five k this afternoon, but if I die from COVID." I died from COVID, right. you know, not the pre-existing condition. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, it's, it's just a, uh, so, it, so Josh, I want you to think about this. All right. Um, so as a black man in America, my feelings about this are that while I'm very happy with the verdict, I went into this this whole verdict waiting period with zero expectations. 
And the reason I did is because I did not trust that this jury was necessarily going to be any different than the Eric Garner jury or some other jury. You know, we have a long history in this country of juries acquitting not just police officers, but civilians who have immorally and unjustly taken black lives. Mm -hmm. So so I I, and I know I'm not alone. A lot of us, uh, as I looked on social media, a lot of a lot of us who are people of color, just they either went in with no feelings or or worse, they actually went in with anxiety, fearing, Mm -hmm. literally fearing the worst. So there's that. I think the other thing is we have to question now how many successful attempts have there been to cover up murders by police officers? Yeah. How many times has that happened in the past? It's got to be a bunch, man. I mean, look what happened. Look what happened in Chicago with uh, Laquan McDonald. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, look at the links and the, and the number of people, the high-ranking people mm-hmm. who were involved in that. Look at what happened uh, with the with the kid in uh, in Georgia uh, when the 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 DA uh, you know uh, was was not going to prosecute this this whole case until the video plop, you know popped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it uh, there there's got to be there's got, literally they got there has to be. I mean, if we're if we're talking about in in all of of history dating back you know into the God knows in the fifties and sixties. I mean. You know, we we're talking about probably thousands and thousands right. of, of these. Um, you know, where police were in, in the South and in Alabama specifically were complicit with the uh, the people in the Klan and, oh, and yeah. other racists in, in in committing these crimes and covering these crimes up. You know, went went out of their way to do these things. And um, you know, the, the, the movies are true. No. Uh, you know, I mean, if you you've seen them, they're they're those are based on true stories. And and the you know the based part is pretty real, uh, but. You know, it, it's there. There's a bunch of them, and I, I want to say this about uh, about the juries in this too. I, you know, having uh, having covered court a lot, um, and and interacted with some jurors and juries, um, you know, I think one of the problems that we've had here is, um, and, and I think it, it's fair to blame juries up to a point. But on several of these juries, and I believe the Eric Garner one, if I'm not mistaken, there were it was it was roughly split racially, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I could be wrong about that. I may be ha- I may be confusing it with a different jury. But what what I think is a bigger problem are so many laws that we have that give police such broad leeway uh, in in how they behave. Mm-hmm. How they detain people, what constitutes resisting arrest, uh, what constitutes assaulting a, a, an officer. Most of the time, these things are merely judgment calls on behalf of the police. Yeah, uh, you know, th- there's no there's no standard uh, for a lot of these things. There's no standard to say, well, he tripped and fell into me, and so he assaulted me. You know, and and if that's if the cop feels like that's justified, there's very little you can do to challenge him on that. You know, he puts it on a piece of paper and all of a sudden that becomes the charge. Well, Um, well, I think the strength of what you're saying really was demonstrated. And we talked about this last week with uh, these videos that we see of white men who are are by any remote definition, you'd have to mm -hmm. say, are resisting arrest. 
you know, Mm -hmm. and are perhaps even assaulting officers. And yet the judgment is not to shoot them and kill them. The judgment is to do something else. You know, we also have the problem of police not only having a lot of a lot of uh, leeway in how they decide to characterize something and how they decide to act. But we've also got the just the reality that police lie. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, and and I'm not saying that that this is every single incident, but certainly far too many. You know, uh, case in point, Adam Toledo, the police said yep. he was armed when he turned around. No, actually, the video shows he wasn't. Now he and not just that, not and not just the cops lie. Right. The pro, the, the the DA's office lied right. about it. Right. You know, and, and a lot of all lied all the way up through court and, about it. And that's often and that's another that's another really disturbing element in our justice system. DA's often, mm-hmm. I mean, there have been documented cases. HPL did this uh did this stunning documentary on uh, I think his name was was it Ricky Green? I always forget his name. But but on a case in North Carolina where the prosecutor mm-hmm. basically told the, the, the subject, he basically said to him, look, I know you didn't do this, but if you don't yeah. point the finger at somebody else, I'm going to make sure that you go down for it. And that's what happened. Yep. So we yep. know that police will lie. We know that prosecutors will lie, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, and so then, you know, we so we have a, a system that is very easily manipulated when when unprincipled, immoral people are wearing the badge, whether it's the prosecutor's badge or the police officer's badge. Yeah. Yeah. You listen, you know, I, I want to say, look, it's it's I know police officers. I know good police officers. So do I. Um, so do I. A, a, a lot of really good police officers that uh, that care uh, that do a tough job. That yeah. go into places I sure as hell don't want to go. Right. Um, and and deal with people that I sure as hell don't want to. And they're with. not the ones um, we're talking about. We're no, not talking they're not about at them. all. Yeah. It, but but you know what? They they are because those people go every day and they do the job and and they do it uh, the right way. They treat people with respect. Uh, you know, and you see them all the time. And and those those let me tell you how you can spot those people. You can spot them like this. If I told any one of those people that I'm talking about that I wanted to put a camera with them or ride along with them, they're like, sure, come on, man, let's go. You know, uh, they would not have anything in this world to hide. They would not. They don't care. They'll, they'll talk to you about what's going on, about what they're doing, about why they're doing it. Uh, they when they if they're one of these guys that pull you over, uh, they come up to your car and they have a conversation with you about what's going on, what's taking place today. And that's the way it ought to be. Well, right? and, and those yeah, are not and those are not immoral people. We're not talking about the people you're describing. Those are moral people. Right. We're talking exactly. about the immoral people, the immoral people yeah. who will wear a badge and who will lie, who will the immoral people who will allow their personal biases and fears that are based on biases to impact their decision making in the field. And then the immoral prosecutors who will cover that up. That's what we're well, those are know. the ones we're talking about. You know, and and I know what they. And listen, I, I I went through the the training, uh, you know, the the one day training thing that they'll give to you know people or reporters to show you how tough things are, what they go through, and that stuff. I did that, uh, you know, several years ago. Um, and I, I you know I know 
some some really great police chiefs, uh, Ernest Finley in Montgomery, and uh, and so and some other people uh, that that were that were really really good at this, and and they all talk about eliminating the the really good cops and the really good uh, police leadership. Uh, talk about eliminating an us versus them mentality, right? right. Um, and, and I think that's very important uh, there. And and by you know us versus them, the them is not just black citizens; it's all citizens. You know, right. a lot too many cops, and you see it because uh, you know one of the uh, and all right, maybe we could get him on at one time. There was a former police chief in Montgomery that I'd really like to talk to about this because he's he, he got ran. Uh, from there because he had, he wanted to do more community policing work and he wanted, he refused to, uh, to buy the military equipment for his, uh, police officers because he felt like, and I agree a hundred percent with this, it establishes this idea that your police force is a military force and that you are fighting with a, a war against somebody instead of serving and protecting and working together with the communities that you're serving, uh, there to, to have, to have less crime and, and a better understanding and to have people cooperate with you. Right. I mean, the best policing that's done is when the cops go into those neighborhoods and they know people and the people trust them, uh, to protect them because there are good people, majority of people in every neighborhood are good people. That's the right. Overwhelming yeah. majority of them. And yeah. they don't want crime. They don't want people to steal from them. They don't want drugs and other stuff going on around there. And they would be happy to help if they trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if they don't, that, then, you know, you have bad times. But and this is what's led to, to you can trace this back to all of these things. Mm-hmm. This this attitude of, of race is involved uh, so many times that it's born out of the, the 50s and 60s. And, uh, you know, even before that, uh, you know, the attitudes towards especially black men of being you know animals and aggressive mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and all the all the little catchphrases that they used back then in those times, you know, to to indicate that black men were far more dangerous than white men, even though if you look back and we actually counted i guarantee you there were a hell of a lot more white men committing murders and crimes and uh doing awful things and doing it um, with the full in full view of the police and often yep. with police support and or participation yep. when you go back in history it. yeah that's right um you know so i think it's all born out of that yeah. and and i think until you until you solve a lot of those things and address them uh and have the courage to address them and and the courage to admit that you know what uh, police officer, uh, you know, being a police officer uh, is much like being anything else. You're going to have about 10 percent of the people who are idiots uh, mm-hmm. there. And you, it's it's the responsibility of everybody else involved uh, to to root out the idiots and help you have the best police force you can have. police the idiots, police the immoral sleaze bags. This would yeah. be this would be a good time, I think, Josh, to segue into what's happening in Huntsville. You know, we that yes. juicy conversation we've gotten into before <laughs> right. we started right. rolling right. tape here. Well, I was going to, I was actually, I was going to save it. Oh, you were going to save uh, it for the end? Until the final segment. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. If that's okay. No, no, that's cool. We, we can cool. spend a little more time with that's that. That's cool. Let's think, do it. Yeah, let's yeah. save it for the final uh, segment. That's cool. Yeah, and, and what I was going to, yeah. what I was actually going to segue into was uh, was our friend uh, Tommy Tucker. Oh. Uh, that, uh, okay. That uh, okay. has... Uh, for some reason or another, uh, decided that he was going to have a little bit of sense this week. I saw uh, the light. I saw. <laughs> the I, light. I don't. I don't really know what happened uh, <laughs> with uh, with Tuberville and and his comments. I don't know if he suffered a fall. Um, no, Josh, come uh, on now. 
I don't. I mean, I really, I don't. I, I don't know if some if, if there was like a a space alien. The hand of brains. God has touched yeah, him. Uh, Hallelujah. If, if, if it was that one of those uh, one of those what, one of those worms worked its way into his ear, I no, don't know what happened. No, my uh, brother. He's been touched but, by the uh, master's hand. Yes, Can I get a witness? <laughs> But uh, our, our our friends at uh, al.com, mm-hmm. uh, Lee Root wrote, wrote the story. Uh, apparently, t- spoke with uh, with Tuberville, uh, and 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 on a weekly press. It's on a weekly press call. Uh, Tuberville said uh, justice was served uh, by the verdict against uh, Derek Chauvin. Amen. Uh, I think I think it was the right verdict. He said after we all saw the tape, almost ten minutes of what the officer did. The jury did their job. I thought that was important. I thought the judge did his job. He had control of it, and justice was served. Uh, Tuberville called for a national conversation to continue to support the good men and women of law enforcement and a conversation about our changing society with law enforcement. Uh, The worst thing America could do, Tuberville said, is defund law enforcement. If we do anything, we add money to law enforcement. We add money to education. We add money to salaries where we can start attracting more and more people that we can count on in law enforcement. Sorry, there was a little typo there. I was trying to skip. Mm-hmm. Uh, people want a secure life, Tuberville said, and we pay taxes and people deserve it. Uh, Tuberville also cited the importance of police body cameras and video cameras. If we had not had video of what had been going on, we would not have really had any clue about the significance of what happened to George Floyd. So um, in, uh, in, the, in the tradition of the black church, I'll just simply say that'll preach. Yeah. That'll preach. Uh, you know, listen. I, I'll say this. Um, I think that there is a a, a great argument mm-hmm. to be made for what Tuberville said. Now, I, I've I, I've said this before, and I think you know where I stand on the whole defund the police thing. I think it's one of the stupidest things that anybody has ever uttered in all of the world. Um, I understand what they meant. Mm-hmm. I understand what the, the the nuances behind it. I know all that. But when you've got to spend seven paragraphs explaining what your little phrase means, right. so people aren't outraged by it, then you've got a damn bad phrase, right. and you need to change it to something else. Right. No, I agree all with right? you. I agree with uh, you. Yeah. The, the premise behind it is great. The premise behind it, be, and, and I get listen. I'll tell you this: there uh, there are very few cops alive who wouldn't who wouldn't agree with the premise behind defund the police. Because if you told them we're going to take the, away some of this budget that you have over here uh, that's not going to affect your your uh, your staffing uh, or your, your your supplies and the weapons or anything else that you have, all of that's going to remain the same. But we're going to take some of this budget and move it over here to social workers and other people that are going to be able to respond to some of these emergencies that you're having to respond to that your officers are not trained to handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're going to house some of these people that your jails are not capable of housing, but you are housing them anyway. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to, you know, I, there's no way they wouldn't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I guarantee you this as an offset for that, we, we could make a deal right now. If Tuberville is behind that, we could make a deal right now in Congress, guaranteed that we could add more funding to police for training uh, and everything. If by offsetting it, they added more to social workers uh, and, and things like that could, that could go towards the quote unquote defund the police uh, yeah. idea and premise. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. you that deal could be made. Well, yeah, the phraseology was all, was all wrong and poor. There's no doubt about it. But the concept and the concerns are right on the money. So, you know, again, I say in terms of what Tuberville said, let's give credit where credit is due, because you and I both know that uh, for probably the next 11 months, 
that remain uh, in this cycle of broadcasting or, or, or mm-hmm. in our podcast cycle, we're going to be bashing him and, and deservedly. Mm-hmm. So he's going to, he's going to say and do you leave, things. You leaving? You going somewhere in a year? <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, uh, out of 12 no. months, out of 12 months of broadcasting, yeah. we're going to be bashing him a good 11 and 11 and a half of the months because I got of his yeah. politics and because of the positions yeah. that, that he will take on things. He's a Trumpian Republican. He's been open about that. So that guarantees we're going to be bashing him. I say, let's give him this. this let's take this opportunity to, to laud our senator because he is our senator. Yes. Let's go. Let's yeah. take this opportunity to laud him and to encourage this kind of thinking because it, it is ultimately what will benefit our state and our nation. Yeah, you know that's uh, you know my feelings, and you know I'm torn on that. Uh, I'm torn on 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 congratulating people too much for doing what they should do to begin mm-hmm. with. But but you're right. Uh, maybe if we if we do congratulate him and and <clears throat> and praise him, uh, then then he will do things like this more often uh, and say things like that and and, and explore issues more deeply uh, than than what he has. <laughs> traditionally done in the past. Yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe he can get that up in one of the three branches of government there in the House, the Senate, and the presidency. So be great. <laughs> you know, we you really one, but. we really need though, I think again, we really need a change in the conversation. And 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 you know, as much as I would like to think that Democrats and progressives and liberals and independents can get this done without Republicans. The truth of the matter is, on a federal level, we can't, especially no. right now, especially with the composition yeah. of of Congress. And and so, uh, you know, we got to, you know, we got to engage the other side and where we can agree, even if it's just a small little corner of, a, of an issue where we can agree, we should do it and we should work together yeah. where we can. Oh, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Uh, you know, my, my only, uh, you know, my only hold up is how much we're going to actually get, uh, from the, from the other side who, that, that have, that took a stance in, in 08, that mm-hmm. they were going to oppose everything they could, um, and, and, and see if that served them well. And it, and it served them fine. Uh, they were able to win a lot of seats by being the opposition party to every single thing out there, no matter how good it might have been for the American people. Yeah. Um, and, and, and as such, they have abandoned all policy uh, over the last, you know, however many years now, 12, 13 years. And so, uh, you know, I just fear that they are, uh, they are too far gone. So, but maybe, maybe it works out. Maybe not. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Well, I, w- I would like to think that maybe Tuberville could come around and, uh, and we, you know, I mean, he obviously never going to be a Democrat, but maybe no. we could at least, he could at least be somebody you could converse with and have a conversation with. And, you know, uh, I'll tell you this, the, co- the Tommy Tuberville I knew at Auburn was a guy you could do that with. Oh, I, I don't okay. know what happened to that guy, okay. uh, but you know, I, I would like to think that maybe we could find him sometime. You know. Well, maybe, maybe well, so. maybe this is a maybe this is a flash of that guy. What we're seeing yeah. Yeah. now on this I issue. I hope so. I was, I was, I was fearful that he had left uh, that that Tommy Tuberville left like he was at a dinner with recruits or something. So, <laughs> um. <laughs> all right, we'll slide out. We'll, we'll be. Uh, we're gonna come back in a minute. Boy, with, you know uh, he's just never. Different. He's never gonna live that kind of stuff down, is he? <laughs> just, no, he shouldn't. He yeah, shouldn't. you're right. He shouldn't. The, don't leave the kids with the check, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna come back in just a bit. Representative Prince Chestnut, uh, Alabama politics this week. Back in a minute. 
Hi, this is David Person with Alabama Politics This Week. I hope that you find the podcast informative and entertaining. So if you do, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to rate us, subscribe to us, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform, whatever it is you're using to listen to us. Please do that. That will help us to move up in the rankings and also to uh, get more people to tune in. So if you're a fan of Alabama politics this week, I hope you'll do that for us. Thanks. All righty. Welcome back in Alabama politics this week. Josh Moon, David Person. We're happy now uh, to be joined by Representative Prince Chestnut. Uh, Representative, thank you, first of all, for uh, for taking some time out. I know we, we, we keep pulling people off the floor. Uh, we keep apologizing for doing so. They keep thanking us for doing so. Uh, and so... <laughs> Uh, but, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's an interesting, uh, interesting session, um, uh, with some things going on. I guess before we get, we dig into the, the meat of some things, um, uh, what are your, I guess your overall impressions of this, of this legislative session, uh, and, and how it has gone so far and, uh, and, and what, what your feelings are about the, you know, some of the major legislation that's come out of this. Well, I, I think we've, um, I think we've gotten a, a few things done, but I think we're also getting bullied a lot um, just because of the numbers. And, um, you know, some of this, um, you know, as, as apropos that we're talking about voting today, because there's just seems like, um, you know, certain segments of the country uh, that control the legislatures there are really pushing these bills to make it harder and harder to vote. Yeah, you know what well, I think. You know, one of the more troubling things to me uh, about the Alabama legislature specifically, uh, the, in, in this session specifically, has been, uh, you know, not so much that you know that, that y'all are are losing votes on, on some some legislation that's that's pretty important, uh, but that so many pieces of of good legislation are not either making it into a committee or making it up on the floor out of the rules committee. Uh, for discussion. And to me, that's one of the more cowardly ways to handle things that you just don't want to talk about uh, and you don't want to be on record uh, discussing is to just kill it because you have the power to do so before it ever sees the light of day uh, from people who are duly elected representatives of the people. Absolutely. And and when you see bills that get, um, you know, that, that will get in committees and be heard, and some of these bills, everyone knows that some of these bills are unconstitutional, but they get they get some play just because they might be something dealing with guns or some other issue that is um, is a, a red meat issue mm-hmm. for the other side. When you see bills like that getting hurt, and then you have you know voting bills that are going to expand the possibilities uh, for all to participate. And these bills don't even get out of committee, even though they might've been filed, pre-filed some of them, mm-hmm. uh, is just, uh, you know, it's disheartening. Just give us an up or down vote on, on, on this legislation. And, and, you know, so we can, um, we can debate it, deal with it uh, like men and women, and um, then go back home and say, hey, this is what we did. This is how it happened. If you're for it, you're for it. If you're against it, you're against it. Yeah, it's you know, and and then 
and then we get to the issue of the of the voting uh, bills themselves, and um, you know I, there there are several from from Democrats that expand voting rights and expand voting opportunities, um, which are all very reasonable bills. Um, and, and then there are a number of bills from Republicans that that change and alter. Uh, our voting process, uh, and and one of them today uh, that's in the Senate uh, actually you know shortened the time that you have to request for an absentee ballot, um, and it, it, during the during that process, even one of the Republican senators, uh, Greg Albright, said said out loud, "I don't know what we're doing uh, here. Didn't we just have an election and everybody said it went great?" Why are we Why are we changing these laws? Uh, it seems like we're opening up a lot of doors uh, and, and going to be, you know, and basically he was saying we're going to be accused of a lot of things unnecessarily uh, here when there's no real reason for that. And so I, I, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on what's taking place with the, with the voting legislation? I, I believe it's just a knee jerk reaction to the fact that the presidential didn't go the way that a lot of people um uh, on the Republican side, want it to go, and so, um, hey, let's go, let's go to the American Legislative Exchange Council, let's get this standardized uh, across the board uh, bills, you know, uh, drafted, send them to all of the South and the Southeast and the Midwestern states, and uh, let's just, you know, maybe if we make it a little bit more difficult for people to vote then we won't get this outcome four years from now. So Representative Chestnut, you're suggesting that the that Alec initiated it, or are you suggesting that uh, Republicans in the Alabama House and Senate initiated this? Now, I, I, I can't say that I have specific uh, information. If you have the same thing going on in Georgia, you have the same thing going on in South Carolina. Um, that you have going on here. Uh, typically, it, all, all things point to Alec. Right. Yeah. Well, I uh, think that's... Yeah, and on, on top of well, that... Uh, just, that's uh, what we believe. On top yeah. of that, from the people who are, who, are, uh, who are writing these bills or sponsoring these bills, hell, you know that they couldn't complete a text message, much less an entire bill like this. Hmm. So, Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think his, history kind of demonstrates that that's what happens. I mean, Alec, Alec has been pushing things through our legislature and others around the country for what a couple of decades now. Right. Yeah. And, and if I just recently, if, if my party won every constitutional office at the last election, why would I want to change the way voting takes place in my state? Right. Right. I don't get it. Yeah. That's very logical. I wanted to ask you about the challenge of being the minority party at this present time in the Alabama uh, House and legis uh, or the Alabama legislature. Really, uh, what what is that like on a day to day basis in terms of you know what what you're trying to accomplish as a as a an elected official of your area. And I think you represent you represent Selma, right? The Selma yeah. area. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So absolutely. we know Selma has great needs. We know that county has great needs. That whole region, really, the Black Belt, has great needs. And I'm sure that you go there with a very uh, informed and specific agenda for that that part of the state. And yet, you go in as a member of the minority party. 
that the you no know, understanding that the majority party historically doesn't have a lot of sympathy or interest for that part of the state. What is that like? It's like um, every day of my life before I became a legislator. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, being a African American um, in this country, it's it's you know you 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 understand this. It's um, you're 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 typically overlooked. Uh, you uh, you have to uh, you have to work your way into every single situation that you uh, that you succeed at. Nothing's given to you, um, and you just have to always fight. And so, I mean, I'm conditioned for it. And um, at this point, it's just the way it is. Um, we we just gotta we just gotta keep pushing. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, I mean, you said you're conditioned for it. I thought I was thinking to myself, that's that's very true because I think your your family legacy actually speaks to that a bit, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it, it does. Um, you know, we we um, well, my my ancestors did a a lot of work um, with, with civil rights um, going back, um, you know, for, for decades. And, um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I've been, um, I've been, been taught a, a lot, uh, some information I didn't want to be taught so much at an early age, but um, you know, I understand what the mission is and uh, what we have to do to make things better uh, for our people and for all people. And, you know, that's my goal uh, every day that I, that I wake up and come over here. That's my goal to, to, to create a better situation for Alabamians, period, re- regardless of their creed and their color and, uh, and their persuasion. Right. And your father was a, uh, a noted, respected civil rights uh, attorney. In fact, I think he did a lot of work for Dr. King, did he not? No, no, that's my uncle. You're talking about JL. Oh, your uncle. I'm sorry. Yeah. Your uncle. Yes, okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, but he was, uh, you, I mean, I, I probably spent more time with him than I did with my dad, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, um, and I miss him. I, I definitely miss those, those stories. Just, just getting in the car, riding with him through the, through the, through the, uh, rural Alabama going to court. Uh, but he would tell me so much about, um, you know, that, that just the fight. Uh, for justice. And uh, yes, he did have an opportunity to represent uh, Dr. King um, and uh, uh, Mr. Bevel and, and, and James Orange, just about everybody, John Lewis, just about everybody who got arrested in Selma in the 50s and 60s. Uh, he was their lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, I only have one other question. Uh, and this is a legacy question, too, but of a different sort. We just uh, we just lost one of the more prominent black lobbyists in the the city of Montgomery, the state of Alabama, probably Lamar Higgins. Uh, Did you know Lamar? Yes. Not only did I know Lamar, but um, I'd actually um, uh, he's been to my house and, uh, you know, we 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 we've shared, you know, we we, we've shared a meal and and and. uh, you know, he, he got some of my wife's good Jamaican cooking. <laughs> and, uh, um, he was just a, a, a very um, a down to earth, uh, just just just, you know, solid to earth type of guy. Yeah, Lamar was uh, I've, I, I knew Lamar from his Huntsville days and got to know him fairly well. 
And uh, I think the the what he contributed to the state of Alabama, not just in Huntsville, but in Montgomery, uh, I think is very notable. And and uh, I wondered if you knew him. Uh, do you can you real quickly before before Josh uh, comes back with some questions, do you have any any quick uh, uh, can you give me a quick assessment of what you think his legacy his legacy is from your standpoint? Well, I think uh, for one, he has um, a really in, indelible legacy for uh, Troy University. Um, he did so much for that uh, institution, and um, and just for African American lobbyists, uh, he he's a he was a lobbyist that did it the right way. You know, you 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 never heard of him being caught in anything um, uh, that was wrong. Um, he always approached and and dealt with you. Um, on, a, on the same level he dealt with everyone else. And um, so I, I think honesty, integrity, and fairness is his legacy. Beautiful. Yeah, I, uh, I knew uh, Lamar not, not that well, but I knew, I, you know, obviously I've you know, been around Montgomery and around there for a while. I knew him uh, fairly well. And uh, it, it was, you're right. It, uh, it, it was, you never got, you never heard of Lamar getting involved in anything like that. And he was just one of those guys who everybody liked. You know, and it's hard to it's hard to be that kind of guy for, uh, you know, for as long as he was around as, you know, and it's but, you know, that's what that's Lamar's legacy. I think is he's, he's a guy that everybody liked um, and, uh, and and respected. Uh, and and that was from both sides of the aisle. Uh, for the most part, too, which is unheard of, especially in this day and age. But, uh, you know, I, I, one thing I wanted to ask, uh, and we, we talked about this earlier, is, you know, in, in the wake of uh, uh, the, the the Chauvin verdict uh, in Minneapolis, you know, there were a lot of people commented. There was a lot of reaction. There was a lot of things that went on. Uh, one group of people that we didn't hear a peep from were Republican state lawmakers. Um, and so I wonder, though, if a lot of times, you know, people like like us on the outside looking in, um, you know, we, we, we're not there on a daily basis. We don't deal with these guys up close and personal like you do. Uh, have you heard from from any of your Republican colleagues about that? Have, have there been any discussions about that or are they just quiet like they are outwardly to us? It's quiet. Um, that, that That's interesting that because I had not even thought about it until you just made that statement. Uh, but it's been extremely quiet. Just no, no talk about it whatsoever. Well, it's very disappointing, isn't it? It is. Does it? Let me. Does it? Does that sort of thing? Does that hurt the the process of 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 governance of of compromise? I mean, you know, the, what we're we're supposed to be about here. You know, this this representative government of the people that you're supposed to go in and compromise and and work together. Does does that sort of thing hurt that? It does. It, it it absolutely does because what it and I, I try to use the analogy of uh, I try to use the analogy of how we in in this just in this country right as as Americans um, you know black people and white people uh, let's just say that let's just say that white people are 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 the husband right and that as a as a husband. When your wife tells you that something's wrong and something uh, uh, is bothering her, do you tell her, hey, um, I don't care. Get over it. Get tough. You know, grow some alligator skin and move on. Well, 
that's what we as African-Americans are told to do all the time. And, 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 and so when you see things happen, right, like, like let's say that this verdict didn't go the way that it, that, that it should have gone. And there would have been, <clears throat> frankly, there would have been some, uh, some, 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 some issues in the streets. And then people say, well, why are they doing this? Well, that's just what happens when people have been telling you, hey, this is an issue. This is bothering me. This is bothering me. At some point, it's a powder keg and it explodes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I'll tell you, man, it's um, uh, the hypocrisy of it from a group of people who just tried to overthrow the entire American government because they don't know how math works huh. uh, is really something astounding. <laughs> Say it, Josh. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, really, it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's really, you know, to watch them pitch a fit because uh, their guy didn't, you know, didn't get elected again um, and, you know, and just, and now continue to pass all these laws. It's really something to see, but um, you know, I, do you think that there is, uh, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel uh, for, for Democrats in Alabama that, uh, that, you know, we can, if you keep pushing that, that, that there is some hope of, uh, of gaining, uh, gaining some ground on these guys. I think um, I think there is. I, I think what what's happening right now up in Huntsville with all of that um, that commerce and, and and all those jobs and and all those 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 uh, high paying jobs. If we start getting, if our if our state ever starts getting, uh, uh, I guess a positive uh, uh, starts getting some positives other than football. <laughs> and we can start getting more of of these folks that come in that um, that are in the middle class, upper middle class. Obviously, uh, as you know, middle class and upper middle class people many times are more likely to be open minded enough to say, hey, you know, everybody deserves a fair shot. And as you do that and as we start uh, becoming uh, as our our municipalities in our metropolitan areas become more uh, saturated with 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 just a little bit of outside influence um, we, we we're going to start seeing those numbers change around just like in Georgia yeah yeah boy I, I hope so uh, but uh, listen I until that time man uh, you know keep up the good fight uh, there and um, um, and, and do what you can. And, and we really appreciate you taking some time this afternoon to come on with us. Well, I, I thank you guys for inviting me. Our pleasure. Right. Thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. As uh, Representative Prince Chestnut uh, is do doing good work and, uh, and you know what, uh, holding up the family legacy. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so we, we really do appreciate him coming on for, for a few minutes here. And uh, we'll, we'll slide out now. This is uh, Alabama Politics This Week. Back in a minute. Alrighty, welcome back, Alabama politics this week. Josh Boone, David Person, having a having a fine time. Uh, it's uh, it, actually listen. I think we're delivering on my, on my promise to give you uh, an uh, above mediocre show. Uh, so. <laughs> 
crack me up with these. <laughs> Listen, man, don't don't raise expectations. And so when you exceed them, people are like, holy shit, he keeps exceeding expectations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, I guess that I guess that can work. Yeah, you can. Uh, listen, I've lived my whole life that way. Um the uh <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about, uh, and we brought it up a little bit uh, in the first segment, was uh, the the Huntsville Police Department uh, and their report on their handling of the protest mm-hmm. last. It was last June, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, last June. Uh, yes. Yeah, June uh, uh, 2020. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, I think it was the yeah yeah the first that first week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so they they have a report coming out now. Unfortunately, we we record on on Thursday afternoons uh, this podcast for the week, and uh, the report is set to be released. Uh, of you know they they've hired a firm that that kind of went through and investigated the police response there because, as we'll discuss, the police response was less than desirable. Um, mm-hmm. And it um. So they're going to release that report tonight at the city council meeting, and uh, I, you know, I've I've heard fairly reliably that this it, it will the the report will not be kind uh, to the police department necessarily, uh, but uh, you know there there will be some things in there that that are critical of of the city of the police department and some other things. There'll also be some things that were critical of protesters and and probably some findings of other uh, you know of reasons for the police department to suspect that some things were going to happen, uh, but. Um, I, I will say I I find it very hard to believe that they will do enough to justify uh the the continued employment of uh the Huntsville chief of police and uh and and to justify there not being some serious changes in the way policing is handled in Huntsville uh and in Madison County as a whole. Uh, Kevin Turner, I think, in his department have have. That there there needs to be some changes uh, as well there in the way that they handle things and the way that they address people, um, and I think in in Huntsville particularly, I think there's a new expectation of a growing city that is more diverse and more progressive uh, than you have in many other cities, and they're not going to stand by and allow what's what's been taking place to continue, and so I think the the mayor and some other people have some hard decisions on their hands, uh, and maybe the report will help them get there. I don't know. We'll we'll see exactly how tough it is, or I, I'm I, I kind of take the same stance on these reports. I've seen the the you know uh, these things. And the expectation of oh, this report's going to be scathing, uh, you know, uh, and it just kind of fall flat too many times to to get way on board with this. But maybe, maybe, maybe this is uh, maybe maybe we'll have a good week for uh, for police reform and uh, uh, in, in the country and in the state, and we'll see. But I don't know. Well, my expectations, as you uh, probably already know, are going to be zero to uh, <laughs> negative. <laughs> Uh, because <laughs> they, they again, were completely negative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just, you know, the system that you know what we've seen in this country time and time again is, uh, you know, is an effort to cover up, you know, malfeasance by police departments and law enforcement. So I have I have low expectations, and I've also got another reason for feeling this way. I've had conversations with the police chief, mm-hmm. and he is, and we've been on panels together. Or, or he's been at a public meeting and I've questioned him about about the handling of this and his his attitude. Well, I won't say his attitude because he was he was respectful, but he was clearly dismissive of any kind of need for change or correction or modification. 
in terms of how they handled, in particular, these protests. So um, I would say, you know, again, uh, I, I take a wait and see attitude and, and, I, and I'm prepared for, you know, I'm prepared to be disappointed. However, if, mm-hmm. if, if it's a balanced report, if it truly is a balanced report, then, you know, as you said, maybe that will that will help. Now, I'll tell you, there's another issue that has to be factored into this whole conversation, and that is that the highest ranking black official mm-hmm. in the city of Huntsville Police Department, uh, Assistant Chief Corey Harris, uh, retired right. April the 1st. So now it looks as though the highest and now, if my memory serves me correctly, the highest ranking black person in the department is is probably one of the precinct captains. I don't think there's any black person that ranks higher than a than a precinct captain. I know uh, my friend Jeffrey Rice is a precinct captain, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, there is a void, in my opinion, that needs to be filled uh, I would say by a black person, but if not a black person, then certainly uh, a person of color. There, there needs to be at the upper echelon of this police department, people of color mm-hmm. and women mm-hmm. in order to ensure that we have a diversity of thought and that we have some sensitivity to the kind of policing that needs to occur. And the last thing I'll say, Josh, is this. What we saw a year ago or almost a year ago during the George Floyd protests here in Huntsville from the police department in terms of the, the look of that police department and then the subsequent actions, the tear gas and so forth. That's a horrible look for this city. And it was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, and the militarized look is provocative. It's very provocative. Mm -hmm. And I think you rightly cited, and and I know you'll bring it up here in a second, uh, the alternative view that some other, that another former chief in another city in this state had taken and what it cost him. What what was that chief's name? Uh, uh, Man, Kevin Murphy. Sorry, Kevin Murphy. Okay. Yeah. And he was down in Montgomery, right? Yes, he was. Yes. Yeah. Talk about that, man, because I think people need to know about that. You know, um, he and he got run out uh, from there because of his, you know, that was one of the reasons. Uh, there were some other things that uh, the police there, the old old school police uh, felt as though he, um, you know, was undermining them because he didn't buy into some of the some of the more modern um, avenues of policing, which were, you know, included the military gear, the, uh, you know, the us versus them sort of attitudes. He wanted to, uh, he wanted to study, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's, uh, the one that gave the, his badge to, uh, to John Lewis when John Lewis came, uh, to Montgomery, uh, during the 50th anniversary of the Selma to Montgomery March, uh, nice. you know, made, okay. made national news okay. when, when that happened, you know, because Lewis was beaten, uh, in mm. Montgomery as part of the Freedom Rides. Uh, mm. And the police chief at that time knew it was happening and turned a blind eye to it. Uh, mm. And so as an apology, uh, uh, Chief Murphy gave him the badge. And, you know, uh, it, it's a, um, it, it's it's just back to, I, I think what, what happened with him um, there, it, it led, it led to this idea 
of, uh, you know, we can't police this way in this city. And so they ran him out. And then it wasn't just a few years later uh, that they had their own shooting of an unarmed black man by a police officer with that had a very bad attitude that shot the man in his front yard uh, as he was trying to run away from him. And um, it, the guy had done nothing wrong, was walking home from a poker game and uh, when he was stopped. And, uh, you know, it just, the whole thing spiraled out of control and he shot him five times on his neighbor's front porch, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. while the guy was banging on the door, screaming for the neighbor to help, uh, for help. Uh, and it just, mm. you know, and, and they've, that now they've paid millions of dollars to the family of that, where had they gone through and, and listened to this idea, maybe that wouldn't have happened. You know, maybe that sort of training would, uh, you know, and the, and the ideas that he had would have led to, to a better, a better police force and, you know, a more understanding police force. And listen, when you say that people think you want to coddle criminals and things like that, nobody's saying that, but 99, you know, people talk about, well, you're 99% of the cops that you meet every day are good people. Well, 99% of the people that those cops meet every day are good people too. All right. Mm-hmm. 99% mm-hmm. of the people that that, uh, that are out there in the world are not going to, you know, create any sort of a problem. Uh, they're not going to be violent people. You know, they're not going to be, even if they are, if they have a drug addiction, they're speeding, they're whatever, even if they might've broken a law, it doesn't make them bad people that you need to take some sort of, uh, us versus them attitude with, you know, um, and and that's what I think needs to needs to change. And I think what happened in Huntsville is a, is also a prime example of that. The cops that night went there looking for a fight. All right. That's what they mm. were determined to do. Mm. They went there looking for a fight. They wanted to engage in those people. They had the tear gas and everything ready to go. Uh, whether no matter what the reason for it was, whether they bought in stupidly to the social media rumors or there was some rumor somewhere that somebody was going to start something. Maybe it might even have been a credible rumor that, that they were mm-hmm. going that people were going to start something. The fact of the matter is nobody did. Nobody did anything to warrant what took place with them, all right? And they have repeatedly lied about it in the press and in other things. They have repeatedly put the blame on the protesters for being, you know, protesters. Uh, and it, and yet then talked about all of these things about, well, we told them to leave. They don't have to leave, you know? You don't have, as long mm-hmm. as you're not blocking traffic and you're not blocking the right of way, you don't have to go anywhere. You have a right to public right. space as much as anybody. Yeah. Yeah, simply not dispersing. You know, and, and they would say, well, we gave you a lawful order. Uh, but but as you just said, why do people have to disperse mm-hmm. when they're not violating any law? Right. You know, if they have a right to the public space, there's no curfew in place. Uh, you know, why, you know, or, 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 or even if there was a curfew and well, if there's a curfew in place, I guess that that would be different. But, but even if there had been a curfew put into place, you'd have to wonder, well, what's the basis for that? Yeah. I don't, know, I don't think there was the a curfew, was curfew? I don't think there was. I think, I don't that, think, I think that was, was one of their first things that they tried to say was, well, we put a curfew in place and everybody's like, no, you didn't. We know what are you talking yeah. about? Uh, but but even if they had put a curfew in place, I don't believe the curfew was uh, it would have been that early in the evening. No, there was I don't no think curfew. It was like a. Yeah, there, yeah. There, was, there was no. Curfew. So uh, it's just you know, it was a it was a mess, man. It was a mess. They yeah. did wrong. Uh, they shot those bullets into those poor people. 
Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and this was the crazy part is, is hell up until like a month ago, they were still denying that they shot rubber bullets at people. I mean, it was, it, it, and how close they were to people when they shot them. It was insane. Well, I, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think the, uh, so uh, as I recall, the sheriff, Sheriff Turner was saying, well, that wasn't our people that shot the bullets. Mm-hmm. And so there was some kind of finger pointing or something. Yeah, they kind went of, back and forth with this. The, the, the yeah. constable police chief said we didn't have, we don't have any rubber bullets. Uh, then the you know, term was like, well, we got them, but we didn't use them, uh, you know. And then apparently it was like, uh, you know, the the magic bullet from the Kennedy assassination. You know, it just right. uh, those magic rubber right. bullets just appeared um, mm. through people's legs and whatnot. It's uh, you know, I like I said it. Whatever happens tonight, there needs to be some changes made. Uh, in that yeah. police force. And I think uh, a lot of people know it. And I, I'm hopeful uh, that, that Tommy Battle knows it. You know, I, I like, I do like Tommy Battle. I know that he and I see differently on a lot of different things, but I, I think Tommy's been a pretty good mayor uh, for, for the city of Huntsville uh, on, in a lot of ways. Um, and, and has, uh, you know, I, there, there's positions I would like to see him take uh, more, you know, more leadership in, uh, but you know, uh, there's only so much you're going to get out of a Republican. And then for a Republican, I think he's done a pretty decent job, but you know, you got, you got to fix this, man. You got to fix this because it damages what you've got going in that city. It, I mean, it really does. It damages what you've got going and you got to move forward and, and make some changes because I don't think the people who are moving in here will put up with that. Uh, and that those sorts of attitudes. Well, I would I would be remiss if I did not, first of all, partially agree with you on Tommy. Uh, I've known Tommy for a long time. Mm-hmm. Tommy Battle, and I know we I know we're running short on time, so I'll make this quick. Tommy Battle has proceeded over a lot of good mm-hmm. that has happened in Huntsville. Got to give him credit for that. But he's also been, I think, sorely lacking when it comes to living up to his own self-proclaimed ideal for the city of Huntsville that we are one city. Yeah. He has not lived up to that in any major way, shape or form. And in fact, I think has presided over incidents and circumstance that were the exact opposite of the one city concept. Yeah. And so I, I, I since, and I'm talking about on issues of culture and race and class. And so I specifically reject that that part of his legacy but uh but i do agree that in terms of economic development uh for the for certain sections of the city in particular uh you know he's he's presided over some successes yeah you know downtown redevelopment has been great you know but uh but we haven't seen that on the part of town where i live the north side we haven't seen the same kind of attention yeah so to me he's got a real mixed record i don't i can't stand up and applaud i have to have to and then i also tell you something else that quite frankly pissed me off was when he decided to run for governor as a trumper (laughs) that pissed me the hell off yeah honestly i know man that uh it's uh it's funny what people will do uh to gain political acclaim uh, you know, mm-hmm. and what they will sell out, including themselves mm-hmm. and their friends. Um, and and that was going to be uh, our, our right wing nut this week. Uh, it's gonna, it kind of leads into that uh, because uh, if, if it's OK with you, I was just going to name the uh, yeah. all, all yeah. of the uh, Republican leadership in the in the state of Alabama, uh, minus Tommy Tuberville, I guess, uh, as our right wing nuts for failing to issue a single comment about the the Chauvin verdict 
uh, yeah. the George Floyd, you know, case, what it meant to the constituents that they represent, because they all represent black constituents, a lot of them, thousands and thousands yeah. of them. Um, and, yeah. and they, to, to watch the, the emotion and, um, and to know, and cause you know, they were following it cause they issued so many press releases about Maxine Waters and all the other stuff associated with the, with the case. Uh, right. so, you know, we know they were following it. And for them not to to care enough to spend 10, 15 minutes to, to even do what Tommy Tuberville did, you know, mm-hmm. the, which is I, I got to th- say is the is the minimum is to say, listen, you know, it was wrong. The verdict was right. I, I hope it represents uh, a restore uh, some restoration of faith uh, for some people in the in our justice system and maybe a change for our justice system and, and, and seeing what we can do going forward for from not to do that is, I think, um callous and uh, and hurtful and and it continues uh this wedge of 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 racial discord uh there that I think they they're using and relying upon uh to continue to garner votes and, and I think it's it's deplorable and I think they ought to be ashamed of themselves. I wrote that today in a column if you'd like to read it but I mean I also I, I genuinely genuinely feel that way that what they did was, was heartless and and by not not even acknowledging it and it and it hurt a lot of people and continued this divide that we have. All I'm going to say is amen, amen, amen. I don't get a lot of those. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, uh, that'll wrap it up for us. Uh, we uh, have enjoyed it. Uh, it's uh, Listen, I, I promised a yeah. mediocre show, and we over-delivered there. So we're... Uh, <laughs> Your theory. That's right. Your theory. You substantiated your theory today. Right. Yeah, yeah. We over delivered, baby. So you ought to be very pleased. All right. Let's uh, let's get out of here for uh, Alabama politics this week. See you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>